Hey, it's Jen the Builder. And Corey. Welcome to Take the Elevator. I'm so excited. And yes, that was a clap. Oh, yeah. She's clapping her I'm hands. I'm clapping because <laughs> we are, I believe, three away from 100. Wow. Really? Really. Okay. Really. And so this episode is very special to me because today we're going to be talking about the table. The table. Yeah. And everyone's like, what does that mean? So like even right now at the Elevate studio, we've got this wonderful round table and there's symbolism and why it's round and just the importance of being at this table. And I know that we can say, you and I and our listeners, the table, whether it be the dinner table, meeting table, coffee table, whatever table we're talking about, right? the importance of it, the evolution of what it is from childhood to what it means now. Right. And I don't know, I because the table was such a big deal um, then, and it is now, so it's going to be a good conversation. But speaking of table, sir. Yes. Over the weekend, we celebrated your birthday. We sure did. Yes. And you are in the last year of your 40s and looking fabuloso. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. So we had a wonderful lunch um, with the kiddos. Had a wonderful day. That was an entire yes. day of just wonderfulness. And I'm so glad that I had that opportunity to spend time with my family and the people that love me so much. And don't get me wrong. I know there's plenty of other people out there that love me, but they didn't have the luxury of spending time with me. And I know some of them even wanted to. But um, it was a great day and just a lot of fun for me. And I, I like those kind of birthdays. It's not about the amount of gifts or the amount of money spent. Sometimes you just want some love and equality. Yeah. My biggest takeaway from celebrating your birthday was a very um, deep moment for me because I was just thinking two years ago, I wouldn't have thought that this would be our current living situation two years later. So we said out loud, we just want to cherish every minute of that day with our family, with each other, every moment, not take it for granted because we don't know what next year is going to look like. Right. You know, so the fact that we got to celebrate it and be with each other and enjoy one another was huge. Yeah. And today is your birthday. What? (laughs) It is. It is. It sure is. And you are... Looking more and more fabuloso yourself. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I I will take that. It's very unnerving to take a picture. Ladies, tell me if you agree. I don't know what this is, but when you look at aging, it seems like men just have it so much easier than us females. So it means a lot when I can stand by you or sit next to you at a picture and say, okay, we still look like we're in the same age group. Like, I, I'm not aging that poorly. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I would never say that. You're not aging poorly at all. I wouldn't even go to that. I'd just say you're not aging poorly at all. Thanks. So before we go on a quick break, I'm sitting across this table yes. from you. And as we approach our 100th episode... I am grateful that you are at this table with me for Take the Elevator. It's been such a blessing. 
and totally redesigned from the original concept of this podcast, but I'm so glad we went where we went. Yeah, me too. I wasn't supposed to be here, and there was supposed <laughs> to be someone else, and then we went to, oh, okay, well, Jen will be by herself, and I was ha- I was okay with that. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be on the podcast. I, I don't want to talk that much anyway. And then something happened really phenomenal, something very special, and then here I am, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Hey. Hey. We started talking about this table and right now as people are listening, I'm just going to encourage them to close their eyes or just think about who is currently at your table, whether it be when you eat, where you work, who you spend your time with, because I think that's so important. So we're going to start to understand the importance of the table. Let's go back in time, shall we? Sure, let's do that. This is going to be interesting to see how similar or how different we were raised and what the kitchen table or the dining room table meant for you growing up, Corey, you want to start? Um, it meant that if the adults were at the table, mm. I was very quiet and I didn't say very much. And I did have to get permission to interject if the adults were talking. So I didn't just get to blab and say whatever I wanted to say and, you know, be the center of attention, even though in my mind I wanted to be. <laughs> right. But um, the mom had a position, dad had a position, meaning they had places where they sat. And if they walked into the room and you were sitting in those chairs, you kind of knew you're in the wrong place. You might want to get to the right place real quick. And then when you had friends over and they sat in those chairs, you told them very hastily, hey, that's my dad's chair. You got to you got to move over. Oh, so everyone had an assigned seat at the table. Absolutely. Yeah. So there was none of this, let's switch sides or let's, you know, just sit wherever we want to sit. Mom had a seat and dad had a seat. And then you picked the chair around them. And because I was the youngest, I had to pick the opposite of what my sister picked. So that that's the way the, the, the chain of command went in my house anyway. Got it. So if you had visitors and there was no longer any room at the table, where would you sit? Um... If if there were visitors and they had more clout than I did, then I would have like a dinner tray somewhere, you know? What okay. I mean? So. Okay. Makes sense. So kind of the same with me growing up, you know, when we're talking about the dinner table with my dad and my siblings, dad was on one end, mom was on the other, and the kids just kind of sat around them in the middle. Right. Now, Dinner time for us was very special as a family. Actually, we were required to sit at the table when I had friends that were able to eat their dinner in front of the TV on a tray. That wasn't happening. Right, right. So it was like you had to eat dinner at the table. Um, And, of course, you had to wash your hands before. And we always said a prayer before. Uh, There was one time that... So for those who don't know, I have a cousin, and I actually call her my older sister, Jane. So Jane... Hey, Jane. Hey, Jane. I don't know if you're listening, but when she came from the Philippines and she came to stay with us, um, we would be at the table, and prayer just kind of landed on whoever our parents would call out to pray. And I never will forget how much I should have not done this. So she started praying and 
I was a smart ass of a kid. You know, I was really quiet and polite. But if I thought something was funny or it didn't make sense, I couldn't hide that. I still can't hide yeah, that very well. Yeah, you still well, can't right? hide it very well. So she started praying, and it was a beautiful prayer. But it was just, you know, in my mind, it's just for our food. Like, bless it and let's get on with the program, right? right? Well, she started praying for everybody and thanking God for everything. And it just became really long. And so I would, like, look at her in the middle of prayer instead of having my head bowed and my eyes closed. And I'm looking at her like, can you hurry up? Like, who does this? And my dad looked up at me. And <laughs> he just looked at me and gave me that certain look like, and I just knew like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and so I just, you know, closed my eyes. And when she was done and she said, amen, I'm like, amen. Right. So I didn't even say in his name, amen. I said, amen. Like, oh, my God. Well, thank right? you so yes. much for finishing this. And I got talked to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I, I had one of those moments uh, as a child. Mm -hmm. And I remember a friend of mine taught me a special prayer. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, I'm going to use my special prayer for my dinner tonight. Uh -oh. And so <laughs> everyone said, because everyone said their prayer, you know, um, yeah. quote a scripture or oh, think, okay. bless the food, so to speak. And so when it became my turn, and of course there was company that night. So I said, <clears throat> you did this with company. I sure did. And I was so <laughs> proud of myself until I got hit in the mouth. But <laughs> <laughs> I said through the teeth and over the tongue, Look out, stomach. Here it comes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I got in a lot of trouble for that one. Oh, my gosh. That's classic. That's great. <laughs> but, Jen, I, I don't think we're just talking about a dinner table necessarily. We're talking about multiple facets of tables, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get into that with this closing that as we're talking about the table as kids, it was all should have always been a place where family got together. Mm -hmm. They talked about their day. It was, it became where you just had conversation, at least for us. And you just lost track of time. Right. And so it was that good quality time. And if you had something important to talk about, like if you had a bad day at school, that's where we did it, you know, and, and just ask the questions and stuff. So let's fast forward to what the table means today. Mm. Um, and in the family sense, too, I think that the dinner table is not as important as it used to be, is what I'm seeing based on what I'm reading and what I'm hearing from people who share their stories. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, because people's schedules are so busy, people just kind of eat when they can or because kids are in sports, or at least they were, or they're, you know, gaming, whatever it is, it's now a matter of you eat when you're hungry. Right. It's not necessarily all together. So there's that aspect. Um, also, I want to go to the table place again, because here's my ask, is that if you want to have quality time with your family, which I think is so important, and hopefully with the way things have been lately, it's opened up 
the experience of eating at the table as a family together. Mm-hmm. And I always thought this too. And this is one of my favorite things to do. If I have people over or especially event, whatever I'm setting the table to a T because that's how important you are to me. And that's how special you are to me. And it's just something I love to do. Yeah. So we have settings upon settings of different ways to put a table together. In fact, I'm just reminded of when we had a team building event here and myself and the two other management team members, we actually cooked for our team and I had both tables hooked up. My team's like, why didn't you just use paper plates and why are you using the fine China? You know? Right. And, but it made them feel really special. Absolutely. Cloth napkins and everything. So with that being said, the table is a special, special place. We agree to that, right? We do. So I read some funny quotes and I shared them with you and I loved your response. And I'm hoping you remember what I'm talking about. I said, Corey, what do you think about this quote? Cause I do that a lot with yeah, you. you do. And I said, this lady said, and she quoted it on her um, social media that if you're not invited to the table, the strategy table, and you don't have a seat there, she says, I'm bringing my folding chair and I'm going to the table anyways. Mm. And you said, <laughs> If I don't have a chair, I might not want to sit there anyway. Who says I'm going to like their food anyhow? Right. And and then you furthermore said, I'm just going to open up my own table. Yeah. Right? So if I'm not invited to your table, I'm not going to insist in bring a folding chair and squeeze my way in. Right. And let me just give you a little background on that. Because I've been to many a table when it comes to strategic planning mm-hmm. and bringing ideas together. Most of the time, people want a closed table because they're closed-minded. And I'm just not one of those kind of individuals. I want to hear your side, just like I want my side to be heard. That way, we can possibly put them together and have an even better plan. And it's always those kind of strategic plans that have more in the outcome than the ones. And, And here's the even more crazy part. Usually the ones are the most qualified to be at the table come up with the crappiest ideas anyway. And so I'm just putting it out there. You know, if if you, I I used to tell uh, employers, it's, it's always better to put the worker ants out there to do the work because that's, who's doing the work. When you start getting the queen and all the, you know, sergeants and generals, Mm -hmm. That's when it gets convoluted and things don't get done properly. Now, sit back and plan as much as you want to. But I guarantee you, who's getting it done is going to do it the best way possible and the easiest way. Yeah. And that's so true. In fact, I have an example of maybe just a week or two ago. You know, I was like, we need to fix some of our processes. They're too they're too fat. They're too intense. And so management would come up with ideas. And it wasn't until... We opened it up to the team where the work's actually happening. That change in the right direction actually started to take place. Isn't that a concept? Oh, yeah. So uh, think about that when you're inviting people to the strategic table. Uh, I agree with you, Corey. Let's get everyone in there and really listen to the people who are doing the work. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Here's another uh, statement that I've read. If they don't respect you at the table, then walk away because you should know your worth. Yes, indeed. Right. Understand that you have a worth. And if you, well, 
I know I have a worth. And if I don't put any uh, amount on that worth and I'm just allowing anyone to say anything they want to to me, then, I mean, that just shows you how much I think of myself. Right. And and now we're talking about really the table of life, if you will. I know we're just kind of going everywhere with this, but it's so important because they say, you know, um, if you're not invited to that table, then know your worth and walk away. And it's true. Sometimes we just want to be a part of something that we see and we don't really understand what's going on at that table. In fact, I read that if you're not invited to the table, it's probably because you're on the menu. <laughs> like, you know, or if people at that table are known to talk about other people, you don't want to be there anyways. Right. Because at the table is where the chatter happens and it re- you can really tell what people are about based on their conversations. Yes. And I'm going to give just a slightly different point of view because yeah. sometimes you are the one that uh, is being talked about mm. or being gossiped about. Let's be really honest about it. But most of the time, you're not. And so it's bad to even have that idea like, oh, they're just, they just want to talk about me. It's all about me. So I don't think that's a good direction. But mm. I've actually been in a situation where someone was trying to spare me Instead of me coming to the table and realizing I don't belong here, they were just like, well, I wasn't going to invite you anyway because I know this wasn't your cup of tea. Right. And I insisted. And then I get there and I'm like, why am I here? What did I come here for? So there's multiple reasons why you're not invited or you're not there in the first place. Right. Oh, that's such a good point. And so, again, open up your own table. Yeah. Right. Um, a few weeks ago, I shared another thing where a girl was talking about her friends and she said, I invite you to my potluck, like bring some food. Right. And she said, first time, OK, I get it. You come again and you don't bring food, then you just won't be invited anymore. Right. And what she was talking about is what are you feeding my soul? Mm-hmm. You know, are you feeding me things that are good or are you just here to eat my food and not really give anything in return? Right. So I thought that was a, a cool perspective too. I like, I like to give it a flip side of that as well. Only because I know. I well, like when you flip it. You do? I do. Awesome. So sometimes you get invited to the pot- potluck. Okay. And you got no food. Mm-hmm. You got no money. Mm-hmm. You got no ideas. And you got nothing, but you want to go to the table just so you can be enriched and be uh, given something that maybe you can possibly build from. Maybe that's going to be the payday that you needed to go to your own table or even maybe come back to the table the next time and say, you know what? I was here last time and this is what I got. I left and now I'm coming back and this is what I'm going to bring because I got something for you now. Very nice. Very nice. There's two uh, things that come to my mind, too, when we're talking about the table. I'm going to save the best for the last. Lately, I've been talking to some peers about the holistic approach to people and working with them and coaching and just building people up, including yourselves and the parts of your person that you think with. Mm -hmm. And so there's your brain, right, your heart and your gut And your gut being your intuition or the courage. And I find it interesting because they say that that is typically, if you feel something that strong in your gut, that's what you should go with. Um, 
So it's interesting because when you're talking about the table and you're talking about gut health, which is actually a science to it, they say what you feed your gut is actually what keeps you healthy. You're healthy. You're as healthy as your digestive system. Mm. So it happens in a physical manner and then also in a figurative manner. So I just thought that was interesting. Like what foods are you feeding yourselves at the table? Mm -hmm. And is it promoting digestive health? In both ways, right? right? Yeah, oh yeah. You want to flip that one? No, I mean, I think that's a, a good example because if you're taking in junk, and again, not not a, a food-eating way, but if you're just taking in junk on a regular basis, that's pretty much all you're going to produce. That's what you're going to put out. You're going to be a junky kind of person. I was that person at one point in time. I listened to... Trash, I listen to trash music, trash TV, trash, everything. Mm -hmm. And so, obviously, my conversations weren't about anything because that's all I was taking in. So, yeah, I can see that very clear. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. My last thing that came to my mind is Jesus himself and his last meal with his disciples. And it goes back to what you were saying, Corey, when you said you might not have anything to bring. Maybe you're just there to learn and listen and and glean from the conversation or whatever, right? You're not so much there to partake. And then you think of people who have been at your table where you thought it was safe and you're you're feeding them and you think they're feeding you. And the person who betrayed Jesus and actually sold him out literally was at that table. And it just makes you think like, and he knew, you know, like, how do you have this one last meal knowing that your death is coming, knowing that someone you loved and trusted called one of your 12? 12 is not a big group of people. That's a very intimate setting. And he's sharing his last meal with them. Mm. Like, just the thoughts, you know? Yeah, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. And I really don't have a response to that. I mean, who wants to be betrayed, number one, and especially at your own dinner table? And when you're about to be in that kind of a situation, that's pretty wild. So, yeah. yeah. I think that says a lot about his heart, his mind, and his gut. Yeah, because I don't think I would have had a peaceful heart at no. that dinner table. No. And, I, you know, again, I just thought that was interesting those were all the things I could think of as far as the table. And I'm looking forward to actually being able to sit physically with people that we hold dear to us. And I can't wait to set that table. I hope there's going to come a moment where we can share those big meals and have good laughs and good conversation, light some candles and talk until the candles burn out. Wow. Yeah. And not to mention, uh, I can't wait till we're able to share tables with you all who are listening because mm. we know some of you and we'd love to have uh, dinner table talks and meeting table talks and board room talks. And they all consist of having tables. So I'm just looking for all looking forward to all the tables that we're, we're going to see in our future. Me too. Speaking of tables, we do have someone who is a guest on Wednesday so you will hear that special episode where we sat right here at this table and had a wonderful conversation, differencing and some opinions 
uh, questions upon questions to get to what we were really thinking and how to process things. So I hope you guys join us on Wednesday as well. Uh, Gloria was here with us at the table and we'd love to have so many more guests. So if you're interested, please let us know. Reach out to us on the Genco soundco.com. Yeah. Is that right? That's right. That's uh, www.thegencosoundco. Or you can reach us at our email at gencosoundco at gmail.com. Perfect. Love to hear from you guys. Have a good day. Well, you know us at Take the Elevator. We say look up and let's elevate. elevate.